it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Matt Daniels, the uh, sports editor of the News Gazette, made sure I'm not the only one in the <laughs> studio tonight. I didn't Matthew. want you to feel left out, Steve. Both uh, Scott Ritchie and Bob Osmussen will join us as we uh, move along on the show by telephone. Those guys spending a little time out of the office this little, week. A little That's R&R, okay. but uh, I guess they want to rest and relax with us on this 50-minute award-winning sports program, so props to them for that. Yeah, it's it's interesting with uh, you know Illinois basketball kind of in a mandated time off period. It's time a good time for for Scott Ritchie to uh, to take some some time off, and then obviously Illinois football. The news never stops though with with that program, and, and <laughs> we can talk about that more. But uh, no games to be played right now, so uh, Bob Osmussen's taking some time off too. Well, a couple of news headlines today: Illinois back in the uh, top fifteen of the Associated Press poll. More on that coming up with uh, Scott Ritchie. At, at number 15 this week are the Alana nine Big Ten teams. Most uh, That ties the record for most of any conference. Uh, Big East did it a few times, uh, not lately, but back in 2011, I think, is the last time they had nine teams in uh, the top 25. So uh, that's a good thing. And Io is the co-player of the week in the Big Ten. Yeah, and uh, obviously the... I guess the rise of Northwestern basketball is uh, a key reason why there, there's nine Big Ten teams in, in the top 25. And then, uh, obviously, I would assume we had a, a, a superb week uh, last week. Illinois doesn't win their their games against Penn State and Indiana without him. And then he, he shared co-Big Ten Player of the Week with Marcus Carr, uh, one of the top guards as well with, with DeSumo in, in the Big Ten. And uh, he's a reason why Minnesota's ranked the, this this week and coming in at number 21 after what he did to, to help the Gophers beat Iowa on, on Christmas night. But, yeah, it's it's a loaded conference, and like Brad Underwood has always said, it's the, the top conference in college basketball, and, and they're proving it so far this season. Speaking of Northwestern, in the top 25 in football and basketball – and women's basketball right now. Yeah, I think the the sound we just heard is is Lauren Tate falling off of his chair. <laughs> the, the fact that uh, the, the sports programs in, in Evanston are are consistently good right now and uh, hard to believe. But yeah, the, I remember Scott talking to Scott Ritchie, you know, before the season started, and and he also ranked I think the the Big Ten teams early on, and he had Northwestern near the bottom, and and I think everyone else of sound mind did too, because they have really haven't accomplished much since they made the NCAA tournament in 2017, but they're proving it on the court this year, and and another big win for them on on Saturday, you know, edging uh, Ohio State 71-70. Scott Ritchie is with us on the the telephone. Scott, how are you getting along today, my friend? Guess or at alinehq.com. Um, then did a little writing, and uh, now I'm on with you guys. So uh, 
It, just, it never really ends, even on vacation. Well, where did you have Illinois in your vote? They were 15 in the poll today. Is that about where you had them? I had, yeah, I had them at 14. Homer. And, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Scott. Uh, well, it was, yeah, good to hear from you, Matt. <laughs> uh, but no, it was in a, at Illinois 14 and just a, a, a run of Big Ten teams. is uh, From 13 through 17, I had Rutgers, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern. Um, so, yeah, nine wound up in the, the top 25, which is just kind of, kind of wild. I mean, I think Big Ten's probably the deepest conference. Uh, it's arguable that the Big 12, though, might be better at the top. And in fact, I'm fairly certain it is. When you consider Baylor and Kansas are two and three, uh, Texas is seven, West Virginia is still number nine, Missouri's ten, or Missouri's in the SEC now. Sorry, still shouldn't be. A <laughs> couple of yeah. games uh, coming up tonight. Michigan State could find themselves 0-3 in the Big Ten. Uh, I think they'll have trouble, uh, Matt, the winning in Minneapolis. Yeah, hard to believe that, uh, you know, we always talk about Michigan State early in the season and, and the gauntlet schedule, non-conference schedule that they usually play. And, uh, you know, they beat Duke in the, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but they, they've struggled in, in Big Ten play and uh, lost at home uh, to Wisconsin on, on Christmas Day in a nice uniform game with Wisconsin in their red and Michigan State in their home white and green. But Minnesota, I mean, I, I watched the tail end of their game Friday night uh, against Iowa and was really impressed with what the, the Gophers were able to do. Uh, I know they're sitting at 8-1 and one on the season, and uh, I think I would assume it was made claim that he's the best guard in the Big Ten, and as Brendan Underwood has said repeatedly, the best guard in the country. But Marcus Carr is, is really impressive for, for Minnesota, and I know he, he struggled uh, here in Champaign two weeks ago, and the only loss so far this season for Minnesota, but he really just picked Iowa apart late, and, and he's got such confidence and, and swagger to his game, much like Desumu does too. I saw a, a social media piece that somebody, and it wasn't Marcus Carr that mm-hmm. did this, but it said, if you don't have Marcus Carr as the best guard in the Big Ten, you're not watching. And I, mm-hmm. my first thought was, <laughs> Iowa Desumu on line one. <laughs> Illinois fans backed up that sentiment, I'm, I'm sure, on, on, on Twitter, which they are, are ripe to do, but... Yeah, what what I would what I would assume he does is it, it's just it's hard to explain. I know Scott tried to try to capture it in his game story in, in Sunday's paper off of uh, the win against Indiana, but he just kind of he slowly kind of makes the game his own and, and takes over when he needs to take over, and uh, he he certainly did that in the the second half against the Hoosiers. I mean, he's. He's mighty impressive, and his confidence and his his stature only grows, it seems, with each passing game he plays for the Atlanta. Scott and uh, Lauren Tate and myself share a little work area at the uh, State Farm Center now and the, the way that uh, the media seating is set up this year. And, and so we've got a lo- our own little booth, kind of. Mm-hmm. and uh, Socially about, distanced, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, we're far enough apart, and uh, yet we could still converse and you can hear lauren yelling i'm sure yeah, yeah. i could hear him slapping the table and <laughs> kelly they gotta guard somebody <laughs> why are you yelling to me i know that too <laughs> yelling somebody else but scott midway through the uh the second half there we kind of looked at each other and said uh, we're quickly approaching io time and and as you wrote about it, and as we talked about it, that's what happened yeah i mean at the you know 10-minute mark of the second half, Brett Underwood called the timeout. It was a two-point game, and you know, I found out afterwards you know, that was as they're exiting the huddle. That you know, that's when Brett Underwood told Iota Sumo to be the best player in the country, and uh, arguably that's what happened. I mean, he had 
18 points in the last 10 minutes, hit four threes, um, and just took control of, of that game and was the reason that you can you know, say that they only won you know, against Indiana. And it was not the first time he's done that, and I just sort of assumed it won't be the last time either. Well, with a week between games, the next game is Purdue, 5 o'clock Saturday at the State Farm Center. You've got a little time to to reflect if you want to. You're kind of on vacation, so you don't have to. But I'm He's in season, Steve. He's I, never I, I understand that, and I know him well enough to know that he's not going to stop thinking about uh, college basketball and Illinois basketball. But through 10 games, 7-3 and three record, give me your thoughts on – where you think this team is at this point is where about where you thought it might be you know it's a pretty tough schedule coming out of the gate yeah well, they probably have one more loss than i anticipated and let's just call that the the Missouri game uh, mm-hmm. probably should have won that one uh but for the how many third straight year Missouri just won in that game more um, which is you know kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but yeah, you know, they're probably where I expected them to be, where they they should be, and you know right now you know they're not leading the Big Ten, of course, because Northwestern ball teams is at the top, but they're <laughs> so right it's there. Peak twenty twenty, right there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No one, literally, literally, no one would have. Chris Collins is probably surprised it, too if he was being brutally honest. Yeah, let's say yeah. Yeah, he would not have thought that they – I mean, it's the first time Northwestern's been 3-0 to start the Big Ten since, I think, the mid-60s, mid-late 60s. So, yeah, no one thought that would happen. But Illinois is in contention, top of the Big Ten, top 15 team in the country, uh, again, you know, now this week. So, I think heading into 2021, that's about as good as could have been expected. And you're writing Especially about with the schedule they played. you're writing about one of the uh, one of the top freshmen in the Big Ten. You can make the argument in the country and, and Andre Cabello in Tuesday's News Gazette, Scott. And I reworked your lead for you on that story and said Andre Cabello will start the next game for Illinois. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> well, um, don't think he will, but I guess it's editor's prerogative. <laughs> well, you can that. you can Not debate him. that for like, sure. Uh, a lot of people think. He should, and you really can't make much of a case for it not happening, but you can also see why Brad Underwood is doing things the way he's doing, but uh, that doesn't mean he won't change at some point. Yeah, and maybe you could just kind of look back at the the way Andres Fleece was used the last right, couple of years. Right. Where he was mostly you know that first guard off the bench, but did wind up starting some. But I think... You know, Corbello will probably still come off the bench Saturday against Purdue, um, although it's being predicted apparently by me since my byline's on it. That <laughs> I'm kidding, Scott. I didn't tweet. But well, that's good. But there's there's an argument to be made that it doesn't matter who starts. Brad Underwood makes that I think every time someone asks him about his starting lineup. And if you look at Saturday's game against Indiana, Corbello played 30 minutes and he was on the court at the end of the game, right. which you know matters probably significantly more than who's on the court for the first four minutes because at that media timeout, Brad Underwood's making changes. 
and it really doesn't matter the situation of the game. Like he's going to sub in some guys. And, yeah. And staying on on that that freshman train of thought right there, Adam Miller came in with such lofty expectations and and really lit it up offensively the early part of the the season. He's going through some struggles right now. That that's clear to see. Like every great Illinois player has throughout their career here in Illinois, in Champagne, you look back at Malcolm Hill. Even Iodasumu, D. Brown, guys like that—they they struggle at times when they're freshmen. Do you think this is just a kind of a bump in the road for Miller, or, or what? Do, what needs to be done for him to kind of get back to to playing with that confidence, that swagger, and, and that scoring capability he showed? You know, the first few weeks of the season. I mean, honestly, if he could just get a shot to fall, mm-hmm. like one, that might be enough to get him going. You know, in a game, just if you look at the last three, he's one of nine from three-point range. But that came after he was four of nine against Minnesota. So I mean, it's there. He's shown it. It's just you know, a matter of you know, shots falling. And I think because they're not, he's pressing a bit offensively and maybe you know letting you know, some of his offensive struggles affect him at the defensive end of the court. Um, and he's one eighteen, so you, that's going to happen. It happens to Caleb seniors sometimes. Um, I think he'll be fine. He's shown that he can compete, you know, at a high level. He, he played, you know, obviously played really well against Minnesota, you know, played well, you know, against Duke in a little more limited role. Um, I, I mean, a lot's being made, you know, about his struggles right now, but Brett Underwood has, I'm not sure how many times he's been asked, but it's a lot, uh, you know, about Adam Miller. Every time he says he'll be fine and, he probably will be like this happens to guys that are new to college basketball. So, I mean, I'm not sure the the hand wringing is really necessary, but uh, if his role might shrink a little bit. I mean, it did against Indiana. He played 18 minutes. Same. He played against, he played against Penn state and you might see, you know, Cabello get you know, more of those in the back end. Well, the the first guy off the bench is kind of like the backup quarterback, <laughs> most, most popular guy in in town among uh, the fans in a lot of cases. But uh, but with all that said, you really like the way Corbello plays and what he does for the team when he's in there. Um, you'd like to find a way, and I'm not sure he would be the, necessarily the answer for this. You got to find a way to not to come out and be down 19 to four in some of these ball games and, and go. What was it? Scott, five minutes plus without a field goal at the start of the uh, Indiana game. Yeah, those are not ideal situations. <laughs> um, and that's where, I mean, those I think you can qualify you know, as slow starts. Um, There's something that uh, the Maryland beat writer for the Washington Post, Emily Giambalvo, you know, tweeted about, and she I think is better at math than I am sort of trying to quantify what a slow start was and I'll just look at her tweet now. It's you know, assuming you're a team that shoots forty five percent, there's a twenty six percent chance you start one of five or worse and a twenty seven percent chance you start three of ten of worse. So just because you're missing some shots early doesn't mean, you know, the law of averages doesn't catch up and you'll shoot like you do on a on a typical game. So interesting thread to to look at on her on her Twitter. Um and she did the math, so that's fine by me. But 
Scott, how, how, how much? It made you, me kind of rethink slow starts a little bit. How much do you think this uh, this time off for for Brad Underwood's Illini is going to really kind of help them maybe get another another spring in their step? Just just kind of get re uh, adjusted. Uh, obviously, they came off a grind of, of December, and also too just and you wrote about this in, in Saturday's paper too. Just kind of the the mental aspect of the season because. They can't see their families. They're, they're unlike their coaching, un, unlike the coaching staff. They don't get to go home and see their families. You know, when practice ends or anything like that, or their days done at, at Ubbin. Just how much do you think this this week can really just kind of kind of help revitalize uh, this team moving forward at all? I think I mean, just compared to the last week stretch they had. I mean, they've got I guess it was Sunday, today, and Tuesday off because they didn't have those days off over Christmas because they practiced Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, played the day after. So that's a chance to kind of get their bodies back in order. I was kind of saying that it had been a little wear and tear playing three games in, what, eight days Mm -hmm. previous to that. So, And then the other thing with having, I guess it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they can – really maybe focus on themselves a little bit and then jump into Purdue prep as opposed to when they played three games in eight days where mm-hmm. it was mostly just let's get ready for the next team. And so maybe they can figure out why they missed their first like eight or nine shots against Indiana. And they, and they don't have the travel component that they had mixed in as well with, with separate trips out to New Jersey, back to Champaign, and then out to, to State College and, and back to Champaign as well. Yeah, so staying home is is a good thing. Scott Ritchie is at home. We're going to let him get back to some home cooking in uh, just a moment. What's, uh, what's Robin making for dinner tonight, Scott? We had more of a late lunch, so it would be a smaller dinner, but it was good. It was, uh, so you had some lupper? Bacon-wrapped. Yeah, it was bacon-wrapped uh, pork tenderloin, nice. green bean casserole. Um, Make sure she brings some back when you come back to, to Champagne this week, okay? Well, I will for for me. Okay, fair enough. All <laughs> right. Will you come for for you? I, I can maybe I could maybe work something. Out. Hey, I've got three kids to feed, so anything I can get is just kind of table scraps. One more thing: Are you back on the Bears bandwagon now? <laughs> Did you watch the game? I didn't. No, haven't watched in I don't know eight weeks now. Are you going to watch it when they? Uh, when, are you going to watch the Super Bowl, Scott, when they're in it, and make everyone forget about the eighty-five the Bears? bears? Uh. <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't know. It's uh, the fact that you know, like, because I'm still sort of paying attention. I mean, if I'm not, even if I'm not watching, but the fact that, like Mitch Trubisky could lead them into the playoffs, and then they might be semi-forced to give him a contract extension, just sort of makes me a little nauseous. But uh, I, I guess I don't know. Go Bears, I suppose. But uh, I think it's all just a. Just a ruse. I'm not sure they're they're any good. Well, Scott, appreciate your time. Enjoy your time away, and uh, I know you get back to town here later this week. And uh, I'll see you, if not before Saturday afternoon, at the State Farm Center. Thanks for checking in with us. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Scott. Scott Ritchie, a regular member of this particular broadcast, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Bob Osmussen will join us. After the break, to uh, talk some Illinois football and some other football news, if you'd like to join us, we do have the phone line open. 356-9397 is the number. Matt Daniels, Steve Kelly in the studio. Bob Osmussen coming up on the phone after this. Stay with us. 
costly, confusing conundrums. Worse? Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk. Here on DWS, it is moving up on 534. Steve Kelly with you, Matt Daniels, as always, in the studio. Bob Osmussen joins us now on the telephone. We're going to talk some football. Robert, how you doing? I'm good. How about you guys? How was your Christmas, Bob? It was awesome. Did you get a lot of runs, though? Uh, actually, I did. Hank came through. 12 runs is on the way, Matt, so wow. we're going to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> But the best person of all, my wife is really smart. She knows me very well. Got me autographed Dale Murphy baseball, which she knows that's critical. So that adds to my friends collection. Nice. So it's real awesome. Really great. Big surprise. I had no idea it was coming. So I'm very happy about that. That's kind of my hero other than Hank Aaron. So Did she do that all on her own? I mean, did she investigate yeah. how to obtain such an item? She did. She did. She she found it and got it, and we realized I would like it. And she was, I was completely had no idea. So I saw this box, and I thought, maybe she, I don't need another watch. Look like a watch. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I was really happy. It was really awesome. And uh, she's really good about that kind of stuff. She thinks about this stuff really well. And I think the kids were happy with everything. And she, she seemed like what I got, which was always a kind of a, a kind of a, you know, we don't know for sure if that's gonna, always going to work, but. I've got great helpers. Okay, got some football news uh, on this uh, Monday afternoon, kind of uh, between holidays. Jake Hansen announced today that right. uh, five years is enough. He's going to give uh, the next step a shot and declare for the NFL draft. 14 takeaways over the last two seasons for the Illini linebacker. On the same day earlier, Verdarian Lowe, offensive lineman, said he'll be back. Let's get your take on those two items and, of course, Lowe joins uh, Kramer and Palcho as two more offensive linemen who have decided to stay. How do you how do you think this is playing out? Are you okay with it? Well, that, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I'll, let's go with Lowe first. I think that's a smart move for him looking forward because he gets a free year. He wouldn't have had this year otherwise. I mean, he's going to have a chance to come back, to improve his stock overall, and it's going to be a good thing for him. Really, I think it'll be helpful. Smart thing for him. And he's got a lot of responsibilities at home. He's got a young child, another one. They're on the way or here. On the way. And he's got his brother and his wife. Did we lose you, Bob? Might have lost Bob. It, it just in, in keeping up with that, with Vidarian Lowe, uh, I mean, it's an interesting choice, like, like Bob alluded to, because he – he does have a son already here. Kingston is one and a half. He's got another son on the way in, in February uh, or sometime in 2020. He's getting married in February to his fiance. A lot on his plate for a 21-year-old, and, and he might have looked at the opportunity to try his hand at the NFL in, in terms of giving that a shot. I don't know if he would have gotten drafted. I know Kendrick Green is really high on some NFL draft boards, and, and maybe he comes back uh, for his 2021 season. That's kind of the, the next big question mark for Illinois is, is what the status of Green is, uh, especially after he earned all Big Ten first-team honors and second-team All-American honors by USA Today. And Jake Hansen was – I mean, it's a weird – obviously such a weird year too, and, and the fact that you declare for the draft when – 
okay, 2020 should have been his final season anyway, but he did have that option to come back. And, and we saw Josh Amatatorbebe already declare for the draft uh, and, and forego a final season of eligibility if he would have taken it. And uh, Hanson did say after the Penn State game that he was going to make a, make a quick decision uh, in regards to that. And uh, he obviously, you know, made a, a relatively quick decision doing so about nine, ten days after the season ended. Sure. Well, that's again. There's no no time to waste for him because he's want to get you know get ready for the draft, get ready for whatever pro timing day, whatever they do this year. They couldn't be couldn't be kind of weird. But I think for him, get into workout mode. Start thinking about the next level. Do what you have to do to get yourself ready. And again, he, I think he's he's going to have a chance to make a team, which I think for him, it's all that really matters. As far as his draft status. Uh... What do you think about that as actually getting drafted? Or maybe he's one of those guys that might be better off to, to get some invitations outside of the draft and work out for some teams individually and maybe find a match that way. Well, you know, it's funny because I always thought forever that was the best thing for the guy who's maybe if you're going to be a late draft, it, does, it doesn't matter if you're a late draft or go as a free agent. The reality is that when you get drafted, the team has made an investment in you, in you, so I think guys want to get drafted. Besides the status of it, I don't think Jay cares about that stuff. He just wants to have a legitimate chance to make the team. If a team spends a six-on pick, they're going to give him a chance. And I think that's what he cares about. I think I'll have a chance to be drafted because, again, I think when you look at a film of him, all you see is production. He's He's been really, to me, the linebackers I've seen here over the years, obviously – Monheim was really productive, kind of Mason Monheim, underrated. But he didn't have the physical skill to play the next level. He's a dentist, right? He's doing great as a dentist, so good for him. But I think Jay Lehman, you know, I think I think Jay Kenson like him a lot in terms of productivity. And so he's he's going to have a chance, and I think he's got a chance to get drafted. When I look at him on him, I just, I'm just saying, wow, he got, got the ball away from people a lot. Why wow, he tackled everybody he's supposed to. And if you could overcome the physical things, maybe his limitations as by just being a hard worker like he is, he'll 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 really uh, go over really well in the um, interviews and stuff. They'll think, "Wow, this is a football player," and that's what you want. Well, and with Hanson too, I'm I'm sure his health uh, probably played a factor in his decision as well. I mean, he already missed an entire season to Illinois after tearing an ACL, and he missed the final four games in the 2019 season with a back injury. So I'm I'm. I'd be curious to see if that had any effect on, on his decisions at all in, in terms of you only have a certain amount of window to, to try your shot at the NFL, and, and maybe just the time was time was right now, and there's probably other factors too, and the fact that Lovie Smith was fired, and it's well known how close Hanson was with Smith, and, and it seems Brett Bielma's done a good job of winning over, uh, especially the veteran players, like you've seen Kramer and Palczewski and Lowe all saying they're they're coming back and, and having a conversation with, with Bielema, but a lot of factors go into uh, you know a decision like like one like the one Hanson made this afternoon. Yeah, and I, again, I think Jake's Jake's decision was already made probably before the coaching hire was made. I think he he knew what he wanted to do, and I get the impression I talked to people at their friends of his and uh, parents and stuff. They know him well, and they just thought he was he was done. He spent a lot of time here. Really, you can't question his loyalty. Little wise, been very obvious to me. But the fact that he wants to pursue this dream, I think that's great. I wish him the best luck, and I think he'll have a chance. So I, I think so far, I think Coach Bielema is doing a good job in terms of talking those. I don't know how much talking he did, but having Doug Kramer back, 
having uh, Alex Balchewski, who had to come back, but having Vidarian Lowe back, three-fifths of us starting off as a line, so I assume they'll have a couple others. That's a pretty good deal. So that's, no matter what you do at Illinois you know, in the future years, what you have to do first, and I think Coach Bielema will know this, build from inside, right? Build your offensive line, build your defensive line, go from there. And if he has an offensive line that can give it, get him through to 2022, that's a pretty good deal. So I think they're in good shape. I wouldn't bet against Kedrick Green coming back as well. I, th- I think a lot of people think that uh, him being a junior and eligible to uh, to declare for the draft, that he might do it. But I'm not so sure. I think uh, you might see him come back. What do you think, Bob? Well, I would like him to come back because he's a great talker. He's a wonderful guy. He's one of the really local guy, basically, pure is local. And he's just a really good person and a guy that really works works really hard. So, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned. Honestly, I think having, a, honestly, Steve, what you just said makes sense because he's got three of his buddies back, right? So he's got three guys he knows, he loves. They're great friends. They all really care for each other. So I think the idea of coming back and being that fourth guy, being later, later like Kramer, would make a lot of sense for him. So, yeah, I, would, I won't be stunned, but he, uh, honestly, of all the guys that have gone or can potentially go, he certainly has most upside of any player in Illinois this year. The guys that could go in the in the 2021 draft, he could be a really, I don't think, a second round or first, third round, but maybe fourth or fifth round guy. He's an All-American. It's, that was second-team All-American, All-Big Ten. Everybody saw him on film, liked him. He's uh, physically really talented. So I think, he, to, to me, that's a tough call. I think it would be great if he came back. Oh, he hope he does, but I won't be surprised if he goes. I won't be surprised if he goes and has a nice career in the NFL, like a lot of these other linemen over the years. I'm thinking of the guys like, um, you know, Hugh Thornton, you know, Nikolai Gretti, and all these guys, kind of interior linemen, have, are really set up while they play in the Big Ten. So, but I hope he comes back. I think it'd be awesome. Stay with us, Bob. We're going to take a break and come back and talk some more football ourselves. We'll talk about uh, assistant coaches and how that may be shaping up, or we'll, if anything we know about the, the process of uh, Brett Bielma on getting a staff together. We'll talk about uh, the upcoming bowl games, the playoff, and uh, much, much more. We'll take a break here on Monday Night Sports Talk at 544, back after this. Stay with us. Phone line open, 356-9397. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk, everybody, with Matt Daniels. I'm Steve Kelly in the studios here on Devonshire Drive until 6 o'clock. No uh, Illini Coaches show tonight. Taking a break from that as well. Next basketball game is coming up on Saturday against the Purdue Boilermakers. 5 o'clock start at State Farm Center. Bob Osmussen joins us on the phone. We had Scott Ritchie on uh, the telephone a little bit earlier talking basketball. We're kind of on the football mode here. Feel free to join us, 356-9397, if you'd like to do it. We're here another 12 minutes or so before 6 o'clock. Bob, coaching staff, you had time to think about it. You're not making the hires. I understand that. But uh, what do you think? What kind of guys are, is, are, is Brett Bielma looking for here as a let's start with the coordinators. He's, he needs a defensive coordinator and of course an offensive coordinator. What are your thoughts? Well, he's got a style. Steve, he wants to follow, right? So he wants to run. It'll be a run-based offense. 
So look for those guys. He wants the he wants the defense uh, what what he's used to. So I think he runs is generally one and three four, but I think he can go either way. That stuff it isn't all that important. I think what's more important to him is going to people that will work hard, uh, be great to work with, be great recruiters. I think that's going to be critical. He realizes that they're need to bulk up the talent down the road in this team. So he's got to get great recruiters. I think that's so. I think his first thing is going to be fit with him, but also fit with him in terms of being a little recruit, get in the road, and do whatever you can to bring players here. I think he'll get some people. He said something interesting. I asked about this. He said something about the first time he took over at Wisconsin, he made the decision not to hire a bunch of his friends, which I thought was kind of interesting because generally that's what coaches do. They they know people from past jobs and whatever. They want to surround themselves with people they trust. But he, he instead went for people that didn't know each other and put them together in such a way that they were all kind of an all-for-one and one-for-all type thing. I thought that was a really smart way they put it, and I thought it was impressive. It was kind of a know-how of I'm not going to come in here with a bunch of guys that I know. I mean, he could do that some, but I think the main thing for him is getting competent, hardworking, smart, nice people. This is pretty easy. Uh, people he wants to be around, people that want to be around him, people that want to be here. And I think in the past, and I'm going to point the last step especially, I don't think they worried as much about getting people that wanted to be here. I think that was a problem. And I think he has to look for people that are a good fit for college, but not only, not only that, but good fits for Illinois. And I think he'll do that. So I'm pretty confident he'll put together new good stuff. I've been hearing and thinking that he will hire some of these coordinators at least soon. I think uh, maybe a day or two after uh, the new year. Or, you know, early next year will be really laced. I think by January 10, he should have at least the coordinators in place. Early yeah. next year is My, early next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that. I think, I think I'm think i sure he's working on it. I'm sure his holiday was kind of, you know, he's got young daughters. I'm, I'm sure that was a lot of fun, but I'm sure he's on the, phone, on the phone constantly. He also said he wants to meet these people in person. And it's pretty easy to do that because as, even though you really can't see people too close, he can, he can fly a person in champagne pretty easily, get them in front of them and meet them and spend some time with them. And I think it'll go pretty quickly. I think we got a caller. Go ahead. You're on uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. What's on your mind? Uh, this is Steve. And I just had a question when you interviewed Ron Gunther on last Saturday morning. And he was talking about the cycle of the Alabama Clemsons and LSUs and everything. And I watched the Big Ten special oh, probably a month ago. And Michigan State in its heyday in the 60s got four guys, Clint Jones, George Webster, Bubba Smith, and Gene Washington, all out of the South and Texas because they couldn't go to college at Alabama. They couldn't go to school at Clemson. They couldn't go to Texas. They couldn't go to Texas A&M. Now those athletes can all stay in the South and they can attend college. And I think Ron Gunther may be a little bit naive and think that they can still get those kids to come to Big Ten territory. And I don't think that's going to happen. And so that's why I think uh, Brett's really got his work cut out for him as far as finding linemen in the Midwest and so forth. But the athletes, as Ron Gunther said, are playing basketball in Illinois. Well, he's not going to get those athletes from the South to come up to a Big Ten country anymore. Even Michigan, I think that's their problem. They got Anthony Carter years ago and a lot of Southern kids out of Florida. 
they're not going to Michigan anymore. They're staying at Clemson and Florida and all the way. Or going to Ohio State. Ohio State's still getting people from all over the country, and, and they're heavy into Florida and Texas as well. But you make a good point, Steve. That That is a, a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's the the big challenge, I think, for for Brett Bielma, and, and we saw that uh, you know, early on in, in the Lovey Smith era in, in terms of recruiting, um, it, it really kind of, it, it never really seemed to kind of get going and really kind of build some of the momentum that is that is needed. And they were never able to really kind of stack some solid classes, one on top of the other. And this time around, Bielema's got a, a full recruiting cycle to, to work with. Obviously, it's very, very different because of the world we're living in today and, and the restrictions that are being placed on too. But the you know every college football program in the country is in the same boat. They're all on a dead period with recruiting until at least early to mid-April. And uh, just the connections he already has in the game, you'd have to think that'll uh, you know play out in his coaching hires that he does make. And, and like Bob said too, recruiting is going to have to be kind of at the forefront. And in terms of just bolstering the depth that Illinois has, I think a lot of people can think of the starters that Illinois has had in the past, you know, five, six seasons and kind of, you know, relatively compare them and, and hold up nicely in, in terms of other Big Ten schools. But it's it's the depth that really kind of has, has decimated Illinois. Once the starters go down, who who kind of is the backup and who fills in? And, and that's where you kind of see some of the, the talent gap that, that exists. Hey, Steve, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much for um... – Taking time to do that. Bob, any thoughts on that uh, in about a minute or so before I need to take the next break? No, I, one thing I would say is one thing you have as a solid part of Illinois is Illinois. The university is fantastic, one of the best in the country, and I think that it helps. And I think Scorch is smart. They can sell all the new facilities, but they also sell the campus and the education you get here, and that's more important than people think. Stay with us, Bob. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with some final words on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. A couple of minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Bob, what are you working on uh, this week for upcoming editions of the News Gazette? Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's an honest man right there. I'll be back next Tuesday, Matt, and deal with a... uh, Rest of football and get that stuff put together. Bob, I'm I'm still waiting on your 2020 All-State High School football team. It's coming. Okay. It'll be 2021, but yeah, it's true. coming. All right. It'll come when there's yeah, a who, season, right? Who knows when that'll happen. But are we inside, what, 60 days or roughly uh, they're about a win? Supposedly. Yeah. But they haven't started any winter sports yet, so who knows when that, when you might actually see high school football in Illinois again. That's, that's a big question. Well, Bob, enjoy your vacation. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Hey, Matt, Bob. Matt, what do you got going on the rest of the week here in the News Gazette? Yeah, got a lot of uh, Kyle Mikus on, on Illinois football, just kind of the happenings that are, are going on. Uh, he's got, also got a, a story tomorrow on uh, on Oscar Hicks, a longtime Unity football coach who the football field's named after down in Tolono, uh, passed away on Christmas Eve, 93 years old. So a, a look back at at his life and, and coaching exploits, and uh, we'll have a lot more uh, Illini coverage throughout the week, too. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, Steve. See you next year. That's uh, Matt Daniels. <laughs> Been waiting to say that all show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll be. Uh, I may see you if you're in the building tomorrow. I'm going to be doing this all show right. tomorrow. I'll see you in studio next year with uh, Lauren right. Tate here on WDWS Champaign Urbana. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.